right? The world's on fire. Our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know what, why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. <laughs> pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass the salt. But we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. i got to ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Well, I'm proud of our team. i tell you, I'm proud of our team. Some of you came last night to the prayer session. Those of you who missed it, sorry that you missed it. Excuse me, a little bit, a little frog here today. What really, really pumped me up is really some of you came prepared. Some of you had written a prayer. Some of you had a specific psalm that you wanted to read. And uh, I, I was just, I was really proud of our team last night. We got to remember this, folks. That uh, I'm, I'm, as I'm listening to the prayer last night, it's really, really good. Don't ever forget this, okay? The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the point down the stronghold. And the Bible tells us that we put on the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of light, righteousness, gird our lines with truth, shot our feet with the preparation of gospel peace. We carry the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit. See, the only offensive weapon we have is the word of God. And I would just encourage all of you to do a better training of yourself to pray the word of God. Don't beg the Lord. Don't whine to the Lord. Don't explain to the Lord. He's all-knowing, all-powerful, everlasting, ever-loving. He knows exactly what's going on. In order to be successful in our prayers, we have to unsheath the sword. We have to fight with the sword. What is the sword? The Word of God, it tells us in Ephesians 5, right? Ephesians 5. At 6, I'm sorry. Weapons of our warfare... Sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. That's what that's what we use. So <clears throat> I was I was proud of some of them. Like, like I know Betty. Um, I'm not patting you on the back, Betty. Although I am, Betty prayed the Word of God last night. It was effective, and people came in. Martin, Martin, you had a powerful prayer last night with uh, with the Psalm. I don't even know what Psalm it was, and I'm sitting back. I'm going, wow. Wow. And as I, as you were reading that thing, I could feel that thing cutting. Anybody else experience that other than me? I could feel the power go forth out of that word because it's his word that's power, not your hopes and dreams and maybes and wishes and feelings. No, no. What does God say about that situation? Speak what God says about that situation because that's your weapon. It's the sword of the spirit. It divides, it cuts, it parses the sword of the spirit. Pray the word of God. Learn to pray it. Learn to pray it. Martin, what was what was that? What psalm was that last night, Martin? That was uh, was it Psalm 74? It was powerful, man. It was powerful. Is that what it was, Johnny? Psalm 72. 72. 72, coach. 72. 72. See, the inside, look, here's what's so bally. There's so much that we don't know because we're not taught. I just wonder if, I'm just curious out there, how many of you would could raise up your hand and say, oh, yeah, boy, I was in church 50 years, and they taught me how to pray. Did somebody raise your hand and say that was you? Did you, ever, did you ever have a real training on prayer, the power of prayer, how to execute it and ever? No, I never did. I never did. So, well, we'll pray about it. But what? What do you mean we'll pray about it? Oh, they're trying to, uh, they're trying to pick whatever it is. Uh, at work, I'm afraid I'm going to lose my job at work, and they're being so mean to me. Okay, what does the word say? Oh, Lord, please make them stop being bullies to me. Oh, Lord, it makes me feel. No, that's whining and moaning and complaining. What does the word of God say regarding that circumstance? I, you guys are with me? And the more we learn to do that, the more effective we will become. That's why I know last night we were effective. The effect, remember I've shared with you that the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man 
availeth much? The effectual. Do you want your prayers to be effectual? Hey, Spence or Johnny, pull up effectual. I think we did this the other day, but it's so important that we understand it. Effectual. E, excuse me. E-F-F-E-C-T. Effectual. Effectual. Excuse me. Producing an effect or desired or intended effect or having adequate power to produce the effect, right? I turn on the water hose because the flowers need water. And I go turn on the hose and the effect is the water comes out. It affects it. I can't just stand on my porch and pray for rain, right? So the effectual fervent prayer means sometimes you got to turn on the spigot. What's the spigot? The word of God. What does God say about that situation? And you are not begging the Lord to do something. The Bible says that he wills above all things. God wills above all things that you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. He wills that above all things. Well, why don't we get in line with his will? And why don't we? Why don't we repeat what he says about it, not what I think about it? I'm not, I'm not meaning to beat you over the head, but this is, I'm telling you, there's so many folks, so many of our prayers are not effectual. They're moaning and complaining and whining and, oh, Lord, Timmy's doing this. No, Lord, the Lord knows all that stuff. What does the word of God say about Timmy? What does it say? Right? So we have to begin, you know, I don't want to be... Uh, beating you over the head this morning. I'm actually complimenting you because it was so, I felt it was so effectual last night. I thought it was. And while I'm on that, I want to play, pray this. I, somebody sent this to me. It's really effective. I want you, some of you to think about, uh, Michelle and I are 71. I'm sorry. I'm 71. Michelle's 68. I think, I think, beautiful 68. Michelle's 68. And Zach, I think, is 40. Is he 40? I think. And Abby would be 38 or almost 39, I think. And Maggie would be 34, I think. I, th- I think. I think. <clears throat> but I'm their covering. Until as long as I'm on the earth, I'm their cover. Michelle and I are their cover. That's the way the Lord structures it. That's what Psalm 91 is all about. I'm their cover. As long as I'm on the earth, they're under my my covering. And I wonder how many of you, us, you, how many of us, when we're dealing with our children and our grandchildren, are praying that authority over our children? Are you, are you? Do we do that regularly, or is your prayer, are most of your prayers out of fear? Oh, Lord, please don't let this happen to me. Those are prayer. Those are fearful prayers, right? Are are you as the covering over your loved ones? I pray for my wife, sometimes with her, sometimes not with her, because I'm her cover. What do you mean I'm her cover? I'm her shield. I lay over the top of her. And And she and I together lay over the top of our children. We lay over the top of their grandchildren. If you imagine a big umbrella, they're under my umbrella. And it comes back again to the word of God. What does the word of God say about my situation? I'm not going to moan and groan to the Lord what he already knows, that they're struggling, they're doing that. I'm not, why, I don't, why do I have to tell him that? He already knows that. What does the word God, of God say about that situation? And I saw that somebody sent it to me. I'm sorry, I don't know who it was, about prayer covering. And I just thought it was powerful. I want to share it with you. Go ahead and play that. Yeah. I have no idea who this girl is. I have no idea. I recently watched a video of an elementary school teacher who openly worshipped Satan and dabbled in witchcraft. And while her students were sitting at their desk during their quiet time and while she was sitting at her desk, she essentially would try to pierce them with spiritual darts of all things darkness in that world. But one thing that she said was she could tell which kids had parents that were praying over them or kids that were praying because those kids were surrounded with a ring of fire that she could not penetrate with anything she was trying to get through to them. And that ring of fire is the blood of Jesus that covers them. And while that's scary to think about, it's so encouraging to know that as a parent, our prayers are that powerful and they cover our kids. And we have all power and all authority through Jesus and through the blood of Jesus to pray that and to plead that over our kids to where no darkness can touch them. So I wanted to encourage all parents with that today, that your prayers matter so much. And even when you don't feel like it or when you don't feel like 
like you're doing in us, your prayers are powerful and they cover them and they are what make your kids untouchable. Amen. Amen. John, John Loveland says, bring up Job 325. Johnny, can you do that real quick? Job 325. Folks, listen to me. Even though you're <clears throat> sometimes, I don't know whether I'm just, okay, I'm just coming out of my heart here. Because sometimes my wife and I will get in a discussion about one of our children or whatever. And I, and then I just say, well, you know, honey, they're without excuse. They know. <laughs> they know. And how can you as a parent cancel the consequence of what they know better to do, right? Now, we can't cancel that consequence, but we can continue, continue to pray that their eyes would be open, that they would see, and that others would come across their path. And Lord, bring them to them. Open their eyes to their understanding. They might see. They might understand what's going on. But friends, you cannot change the consequences of behavior. You can't. And a lot of times we look at our own children, and I just I look at what's going on, and I say, <laughs> They know better. <laughs> they know better. They're without excuse, right? And so John says, Job 3.25, for the thing which I greatly fear has come upon me. Fear is a force, baby. It's a force. And that which I was afraid of is come unto me. So when you are praying, are you praying out of fear? Are you feeding into the fear? Uh, when you are repeating something about your child, your Loved one, your husband, are you praying damnation? Oh Lord, I just know that Bill's so easily influenced by this. Lord, I see you. You are. You are. <laughs> see what you get? What I'm saying? Get what I'm saying? So we got. We got to watch the power. of Life. The power of life from death is in the tongue. And I'm not a name it, claim it, believe, easy believism guy. But why would I continue to praise the devil? Why would I do that? Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Why the heck would I sit around and brag about how powerful the devil is and what maybe he's going to do? No, I'm going to raise up a shield against him. I'm going to raise up a covering that whatever those fiery darts are, they're not going to penetrate. They're not going to hit my loved ones. Why? Because I have that authority. I have that authority. I am their covering. I am my son's covering till I'm in the grave. Hey, put nine, uh, Psalm ninety-one eleven in there, Coach. 91. Psalm ninety-one eleven. Psalm ninety-one eleven. Just Psalm ninety-one is powerful, but for he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. Shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come in. See, you are <laughs> when you read that psalm, when you pray that psalm, that's the word of God. Let's just go to Psalm ninety-one. Just start at Psalm 91 there, John. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High. Is that, huh? Would that be anybody in the queue? And are you the covering for your children and grandchildren? He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I am under the shadow of the Almighty. I get in trouble when I walk out from under it. When I walk out from under that shadow. When I walk out from under that covering. When I do things that I know better than. When I say things I shouldn't have said, I walk out from under that cover. He doesn't change. I will say to the Lord, he's my refuge, my fortress, my God, and him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver me from the snare of the fowler, from the noise and pestilence. Stop saying how much the devil's after you. Oh, the devil's after Joe. He's just, he's, quit doing that. You empower him. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. God's going to, yes, he's after your son, but God's going to deliver him. From the snare of the fowler. He's going to deliver him from that noisome pestilence. And he's going to cover your son with his feathers. And he's going to, under his wings shall your son trust. He shall be the shield and buckler along your son. Don't be afraid of the terror that flies by night or the air that flies by day. Nor for the pestilent walk in the darkness or the destruction of waste of noontime. Because a thousand is going to fall at your side and ten thousand are going to fall at your right hand. But it's not going to come near your son. It's not going to come near your daughter. Why? Only with your eyes shall you behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because I made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high. Your habitation, that's where you're living, in the secret place of the most high. Shall be no evil befall you, neither shall any plague come near your dwelling, or your son's dwelling, or your grandchildren's dwelling. Are you guys picking this up? Well, he's going to give his angels charge over them to keep them in all of their ways. Why? They're under your umbrella, unless they choose to walk out from it. 
And even if my child walks out from under, even if my grown child walks out under my umbrella, I'm, they're still under my authority, my covering, whether we realize it or not. We shall give his angels charge over the, them to keep them in all thy ways. And if they bear the, and they shall bear thee up with their hands. That's my child, my son, my daughter, dashes her foot against the stone. And my daughter and my family are going to tread upon the lion. They're going to tread upon the adder. And they're going to tread upon the young lion and on the dragon. They're going to trample them under their feet. And because he has set his love upon them, therefore he will deliver them. And he will set them on high because he's known their name. We baptized them. We raised them. We trained them. He knows their name. He shall call upon, they shall call upon the Lord and the Lord will answer them. And he will be with them in time of trouble. And he will deliver and honor him. With long last will they he satisfy them and show them his salvation. You, you get it? You get it? Stop whining and quit telling everybody what the devil's already done. The devil already knows. Stop it. Stop praising the devil. Speak the word of God. Amen. Okay, I think I got that off my chest. Got that off my chest. Because some of you really, I'm, I'm not criticizing anybody. Yeah, we have to be trained. We have to be trained. Can somebody tell me? I mean, I know you probably can't. Who trains you to pray? Anybody train you to pray? Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. That's a, That was the prayer I was taught. Huh? I was taught, uh, uh, bless us, O Lord, and these I gifts which you're about to receive in thy bounty to Christ. That's what I was taught. Nobody taught me there was a spiritual war, principalities and powers, and I had I had authority over. You guys been taught how to pray? Have you been taught how to pray in your church? I'd say ninety five percent of you know, <laughs> no, no. And so we under wonder why we're. It's like me and the me and I make fun of. I can't fix anything, right? Shame on me because I keep saying that, right? I should shut up. Say, thank you, Lord. I'm learning how to fix these things. Well, I am smart enough to know to call Bob Evans, call Joe Allen, call Mark Trump, or call uh, uh, um, Steve Deck. I mean, a lot of them might call say, hey, what the heck I do about this, right? Rather than, as I often do, sit around and tell my wife how much I can't fix anything. Well, I'm just praising the devil. Devil's up there clapping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because life and death's in the power of the time. Okay, I'm going to move on. I'm going to move on. Hey, cover your grown children, your grandchildren. Cover them. You have that authority. Myra, come on in. <clears throat> so you're absolutely right concerning learning how to um, how to pray. We all have to learn. Spiritual and warfare. That is our we main weapon. We have to be patient. Yes, we have weapon. to be. That's right. That's right. Amen. We have to be patient with each other because it's a learning curve. And it is written, Luke 11, 1 to 3. And it came to pass that he was praying in a certain place when he sees one of his disciples say unto him, Lord, teach us to pray. As John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, when ye pray, say, Our Father, which are in heaven, hallowed be the name, that kingdom come, that will be done as in heaven, so is in earth. Give us today our daily bread. Hallelujah. Thank you, Coach. Okay, so understand this. They've told us this is the Lord's Prayer, and they've taught us in rote memory to repeat the Lord's Prayer. Folks, listen, I don't hurt anybody's theology. This is a pattern. This is a pattern. You understand the Lord's Prayer is a pattern. When you pray, our Father, which art, acknowledge who he is. Hallowed be our name. Stay right there, John, if you would. I'm sorry. Maybe you're looking for something else. This is, it's not the re rote uh, repetition of the prayer, which I learned in my Catholicism. When I said the rosary, Hail Mary, full of grace, Lord is with thee. Anybody Catholic understands what I was talking about, Right. I was raised to say the rosary. Well, what's the rosary? Ten Our Fathers. No, uh, ten Hail, one Our Father and ten Hail Marys. And every once in a while, glory be to the Father. Wrote.
prayer, right? Here's the pattern. When you pray, our Father's heart in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. In other words, you're acknowledging you're in charge of everything, baby. Huh? Lord, you give us our daily bread. We thank you for all. He's your provision, and he can forgive you of your sins as we forgive others. That is, In, in other words, we're supposed to give, uh, forgive as we're forgiven. It's a pattern, okay? I'm making some of you mad, but I'm just telling you. That's it. God, when, when, you, when you go to pray, have you forgiven others before you start praying? Have you sat down and said, Lord, 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 who am I? Lord, who's who's poking me in the ribs today? Okay. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord, I forgive her. Lord, it's hard for me to forgive her. Please forgive her, Lord. I don't want my prayers to be blocked because I'm angry at someone. That's the pattern, friends. That's the pattern. It's not the rote repetition of the prayer. The acknowledgement that he's on charge, right? I've screwed up. Forgive me. So I forgive me in the same way I forgive others. In other words, get rid of all that garbage in you. Get rid of all that stuff. Why? Because all that garbage in you and all that anger and all that frustration and all that bitterness, it's um, Lord ain't here. Lord ain't here. Right? Wow. So uh, God bless all of you out there who say the rosary. God bless you. Hail Mary, full of grace, Lord, with thee. Bless our down, my son, bless fruit, let me Holy Mary, Mother, God, pray for sinners now and the hour of death. Amen. I, I want you to think. Oh, I feel like I'm bashing stuff. I'm just free thought here today. I, can you put that can you put that up there, John? Hail Mary. Hail Mary. And, and just think about what you pray. Just think about when you say the Hail Mary, what's it say? Look, I'm not trying to make fun of my Catholic friends, okay? I'm come on, I'm not. I'm, hey, some people don't even know it. Protestants maybe don't even know it. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. As far as I can tell right now, they have just acknowledged who Mary is. Holy Mary, Mother God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Now, I'm just curious. What's the power there? The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. What's the power there? You say, well, first of all, coach, we're not supposed to be praying to Mary. I get that. Okay. But let's say Mary had power and you believe in Mary. What's the prayer there? What's that prayer? Pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man. Pray what, Mary? What pray what? For my salvation? What is it? See? So again, for my own training, this is what I was taught. And then I get married, and my wife's Catholic, and this is what she does. And that's 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 our prayer. So I say the rosary all day. I say Hail Marys and our fathers all day. Why? Because that's what I've been trained to do. Does the Lord hear it? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm. Yeah, yeah. Is it effectual? None of us know that stuff, do we? Point I'm trying to make, folks, is <laughs> uh, what would you think, you right now, if your child, grandchild, maybe would be even better, and uh, you just got them something really, really nice, or they really came down for your birthday, and they were, and and they pulled out something. I got 10 grandchildren and my grandchildren came and stood before me and they said, thank you, Grampy, for being such a good Grampy. We love you so much. Amen. And then they handed the card to the next person and then the next person read it. And then they handed the card to the next person and the next person read it. And they handed it to the, I, I want, I, I'd like to hear it out of their own mouth. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you like to hear the thanksgiving and praise out of their own mouth in their own words? Teach us to pray, Lord. Teach us to pray. Okay. Our Father who art in heaven, acknowledge God. Hallowed be out your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The acknowledgement of his power and his authority. And bring your kingdom here, Lord. And give us this day our daily bread. Feed us. Take care of us. as we And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive others. It's all right there. It's not the saying of the prayer. It's the speaking out of the abundance of the heart. A word of God. That's what it is, friends. Oh, I'm probably in trouble. Go ahead, Craig.
coach I put in there. I mean, this is just our basic things that you taught as a teacher, right? Yeah. Who, what, when, where, why, and how. Yep. We read scriptures, but we don't study scriptures. And it's just basic <laughs> diagramming. When you read something, just read it, put a little side note, a piece of paper, and answer those questions. And if you answer those questions, you're gonna you're gonna develop the deeper meaning and the Holy Spirit will lead you in all truth. Amen. 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 Remember this. I, I love to I love to share this. You become intimate for whom you pray, with whom you pray, and to whom you pray. Hmm? You got that? I can say all the Hail Marys and our fathers I want to. I may have a relationship with God. But if I'm praying specifically for my wife, I'm praying to the Lord for my wife. Or if my wife and I are praying together for our children, oh my goodness, there's power there, man. That's, that's where you get to the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man. I'm going to tell you this. I'm not going to step on anybody's toes. But I'm going to tell you, I bet in this queue right now, there's a, I, I don't know how many are here. I bet not 10% pray with a spouse. Anybody want to argue? Pray regularly with their spouse? I bet they don't. Janine, come on in. Jonathan, can you put up um, Psalm uh, 103? He can. You mean Woody? 17 and 18. I'm a a wordsmith. He can. You mean Woody? Oh, Woody. (laughs) Go ahead. Read it, Dave. What what am I reading? I'm sorry. 17 and 18. There's your effectual fervent prayer of of your... um, but the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him and his righteousness unto his children's children. To There's your responsibility. Children, that's right. And to those that remember his commandments to do. Put up Psalm 78 real quickly. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> Psalm 78. Hmm. Folks, here's, the whole Bible is about covering. I will my, give here, give here, O my people, to my law, incline your ears, the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable, and I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have known, heard, and known, and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, shown to the generation to come the praises of the Lord, and his strength, and his wonderful works that he hath done. For he established a testimony in Jacob, and he appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them, even their children, which should be born, and should arise and declare it to their children, that they might set this hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. And might not be as their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that set not their heart aright, new spirit was not steadfast with God. And the children of Ephraim, being armed and carrying bows, turned back in the day of battle. They kept not the covenant of God. They refused to walk in his law. And they forgot his works and his wonders that he had showed them. Marvelous things he did in the sight of their fathers. I lost that. In the land of Egypt, in the field of Zon. And he divided the sea. He caused them to pass through it. And he made the waters sands a heap. And in the daytime also he led them with a the cloud and all the night with a light of fire. And he clave the rocks in the wilderness. Gave them drinks as out of the great depths. He brought streams out of the rocks. He caused waters to run. And they're repeating all the wonderful, marvelous things that the Lord had done from him. He said, tell your kids. Have you? Do, do you? That's one of the great, that's one of the great uh, regrets I have in my life. Is I was I was too naive and too new as a Christian to understand the power of family devotionals, praying with and for our children. And that's why Michelle and I try to do as much as I can with my grandchildren, pass that on to them. It's what it tells me in Psalm 78. Go back up at the top. Teach it to their children who will teach it to their children. And ask yourself this. Our fathers, not prayer, not our father, are our fathers doing that with their children today. No! He tells us what's going to happen if we don't. Right? Taking My dad took me to church and kneeled beside me and said, he said the 10 Our Fathers and 10 Hail Marys just like I did. And the next thing you know, I'm 18 years old, out running around, I'm a Catholic and I got no power at all in my life. No understanding of the gospel, no understanding of the word, the ability to pray. I don't have no understanding of any of it. I'm not blaming my dad. He didn't know. He'd been taught religious tradition. 
I never in my life that I know of can remember my dad saying a prayer. Maybe at dinner, bless us, O Lord, in these I gifts. Maybe, maybe. Ever Anybody ever grew up in a home where your dad says, hey, come on, everybody come in here. We're going to pray. Anybody ever, ever, ever? We wonder why our why the faith of our children is so shallow. So <laughs> all we gotta do is look at, I don't know how I got on this. Yeah, teach your children, right, Betty? Teach your children. We haven't taught our children. And then all of a sudden they're 19, 20, 20 years, 24 years old and they're running around like hellions. You say, Whatever happened to Joey? Well, you send him to public school and you didn't train him at all. You send him to youth group. Randy, come on in. Yeah, po- coach, we're on we're on prayer. Let's just go a little deeper, coach, if we can. Romans eight, verse twenty six, twenty seven, and then I want to jump just to Ephesians six eighteen, just real quick, coach. Okay, what's it? Is it up there? Okay. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, but we don't even know what we should pray for. <laughs> How about that? Huh? We don't even know what we're supposed to pray for. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. See, the Holy Spirit knows things we don't know. If you're praying out of the rote, out of your own memory, you're missing the Holy Spirit. And he that searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called who are the called according to his purpose. Go ahead, Randy. So that's so, Coach. So once we this Holy Spirit reveals to us what we should pray, we, we're praying the will of God. And that's what John wrote a lot about is that you're praying, and James too, he said you pray amiss. You pray for other things. Well, that's what you're saying with the rosary and a lot of other prayers. They're kind of worthless, Coach. If they're yes. not praying the will of God, you're just praying right. for yourself or Rote repetition. Rote repetition. That's right. Words with new meaning. So, yeah. So, Coach, if you jump over there to Ephesians chapter six, verse eighteen, this is this is the when you put on the armor of God, Coach. This goes right along with it. Okay. After you've put on the the armor of God, this is what it helps you do when you really if you really put it on the armor. You're going to praying always with all prayer. There's all kinds of prayers Amen. and supplications. But but look what it is, Coach, in the spirit. You, you see, we can stay in the soul, Coach, which is just our normal understanding, normal knowledge, natural everything. Or you can move out of into a place when you really go deep with God in the spirit and, and you're praying. Then you're tapping into the will of God, Coach. That's where you tap into the will of God. You you Sometimes you hit it accidentally in the natural but when you get in the spirit and really i mean sometimes you have to really go deep and find out what the will of god is but he he wants us to declare the will of god on the earth as his sons and daughters amen this is how we find it coach we get in prayer and and then we're speaking it it's not just so we know it it's to speak it it's to declare it and decree it on the earth and then that's what sets things in motion so and for me, that utterance may give unto me, I, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Folks, the gospel isn't a mystery. <laughs> By mystery, it means deep understanding of the gospel. We have to open our mouth and declare what the Lord declares. We are his ambassadors, praying always with all prayer and supplication. What is supplication, John? What is supplication? What did Mr. Webster say about that? Supplication. Huh? Supplication. Two Ps. Supplication is what? Entreaty, humble and earnest prayer and worship. A petition, an earnest request. In Roman antiquity, a religious solemnity observed in consequence of some military success. So a supplication, you are doing nothing than you are laying down, humbling yourself under the power and praying the will of the power. That's all you're doing, not your will. Nevertheless, thy will be done, not my will be done. 
But I know this, Lord. Your will is that none should perish, but all would come to the knowledge of the truth. I know that's your will, so I can pray that my son would be saved. I can pray that my I can I, I can pray that my neighbor would be saved. Because that's your will that none would none would perish. None. I know that's your will. Get it? Rather than telling the Lord what we want, we want. What Bible says that he wishes a well above all things that they prosper and being in good health, even as their soul prospers. Do you pray for his prospering soul? He didn't say, say, think that through again. Brethren, I will above all things that you prosper and be in good health. Stop. Even as your soul prospers. What does it mean for your soul to prosper? Are you going to be in abundance of good health if your soul's not prospering? Are you going to be in abundance of good health if you're worrying all the time? You're going to be in abundance and good health if you're backbiting all the time? Are you going to be uh, abundance if you're angry all the time? Even as your soul prospers. It's about your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions, and what's going on around you. Yeah, are, are situations impacting you, or are you impacting situations? That's what Randy's talking about. And too many of us are victims of circumstances rather than impacting circumstances interceding, standing, fighting, pushing back against those forces of darkness. Brothers, I will above all things. Where is that? I will above all things. That that is a powerful term. Brethren, I will above all things, all things, that you prosper and be in good health. 3 John 2. 3 John 2. 3 John 2. Beloved, I wish above all things that, above what? Above what? Anything, everything that you prosper and be in health, even as thy soul. You see the connection? You see the connection? Because if your soul prospers, uh, you're going to be in good health. Don't prosper and be in good health. If your soul's aligned, properly. Man, I have no idea we're going to talk about this today. I'd have done, done a little bit more research. Mm. We're, we're in much more control of what goes around us than we understand. In fact, your responsibility is how you respond to what's going on around. How you respond to circumstances, not, not the circumstances, how you respond to them. Mm. So we talk about uh, Pastor Bill Dunphy. We talk about the uh, January 11 people, I'm sorry, the uh, pro-life 11, right? What are we praying? Are we begging the? Are we begging God that they not get time and just out? Are we begging that? Are we, pray, are we praying, speaking victory over it, victory over that darkness? Are we humbled in, in, in defeat because of our circumstances? Your faith helps you overcome situations. It doesn't necessarily change them. Boy, that's a lesson. Mary Beth. Hang on a sec. Okay. So I, I can try not to make my life story, but thank you, Coach. Um, I When you were talking about, you know, praying rope prayers, it just made me think of my granddaughter, Vera, who said one day, first time ever, first time ever, because I always tell her I love her, and she just said, I love you, Grandma, on her own, unprompted, you know. So, boy, did I get what you said about that. Um, I did agree with, about praying in scriptures, but but then you touched on it, you know, about how we can really bring anything to the Lord, you know, and and it's pretty amazing. Like the widow that kept going to the unjust judge and, you know, and I do come from a place of fear quite often because of circumstances, you know, losing a son, losing a grandson, you know. So, but the Lord is really, really, really helping with that. You know, he really, really has helped me with that. Like, and you have helped me. The Lord has helped me through you because we cannot live our lives in fear. It's just, it just, it stops any, any witness that we have. And, and yep, Martin was powerful. And I agreed with the Catholic church thing. Um, I prayed those prayers, you know, I believe in God, the father Almighty, and they're good prayers, except they're just rote. And that's not what God wants. Yes. And one more thing, my son-in-law yesterday talked about praying scripture. He was, he got in a fight with his dad. He has to watch pretty much everything he says, you know, and I'm like, Nick, you did the right thing. You prayed scripture. He told his dad about revelation because his dad starts bringing up Trump and Trump's bad. And, 
Republicans are bad and blah, blah, blah. And, and Nick was pretty shook up, but he prayed scripture to his dad, you know, and he was really shook up. He didn't want to ever go back to his dad's again, but he prayed scripture. He prayed the word of God. And so that is, that is what we need to do. We need to listen to the Lord and be obedient when he, when he tells us to do something. So anyway, thanks. You know, Barry and Beth, that's one of the things I regret most in my life. And I, I think I shared that maybe a few months ago was my lack of disrespect for my father. Not overt, not overt. But the fact that I thought I was smarter than him. When I was 22, 23, 24 years old, I thought I was smarter than my dad. My dad would say something and, and you know, I'd... I think, geez, wake up, Dad. Thinking I'm smarter than him, right? And I think we all run the run the risk of doing that, right? That's why it says to honor. My your kids father. do that with me. I have a daughter that does that with me too. Uh, because they don't yeah. honor their father and their mother. See, I'm not always. Well, it's it's a two way street, right? Are you worthy of honor? See, I'm worthy of honor because I'm their father. If my honor, if them honoring me is based only on their agreement with me, then I haven't done a very good job. Uh, And uh, a child, sorry, a child should never overtly correct their parents. It's not honoring. It's not honoring. Or want to get a leg up on them or prove yourself to be right. So I I, I wish I had all that to do over again. And I, I, uh, I appreciate my own children because I think for the most part, they don't agree with me always, but they honor, they honor me. If I bring it up, they may say, say something about it. But for the most part, they, they honor. It's my house, right? It's my house. Michelle. Good morning, team. Uh, thanks, Coach. I just wanted to add about our prayers. When you mentioned the Lord's Prayer, or when Myra brought that up, um, the me- it's just a great prayer overall because it, the structure of it encourages us to, you know, we have to cling to his will. And even when we ask him for his provisions, our daily bread, it's our daily bread. Don't give us too much because, you know, humans can't handle it. But um, all that being said, it also, um, at the end, it asks for particular protection against the evil one. And I think that's really important because it, it says in the Bible that, Jesus came to destroy the works of the wicked one, of the evil one. And um, you're encouraging us to be praying over our children. And I, I don't think I've done that enough, but it says right here that we can do that. We can protect ourselves and our children uh, by praying these words. So thank you, Coach. Yeah, amen. Amen. I, I want you to ask yourself, this is a hard one, okay? I'll be right to you, Brown Cow. This is a hard one, friends. <clears throat> do you ever pray that uh, the Lord's will be done? In your child's life, sometimes, sometimes they got to be smacked, man. Sometimes they have to lay in the mud. And as much as that is for a parent, be hard to watch. You just got to say, "Well, Lord, maybe he'll come to himself." I pray they come to themselves, Lord, because you know what, God, I can't do anything else about it. I've done all I can do. They're in your hands. I honor you. I pray for them. Lord, they know better. Whatever you have to do, do it in their life, that they may come to the knowledge of the truth. That is a hard prayer to pray. But you have to be very careful because you have, uh, my wife and I, we, we struggle with this. Our ability, desire to bail our children out makes them, number one, dependent. And number two, we enable them to be uh, disobedient. You have to be really, really careful with that. Really careful with that. Show the love of God, and at the same time, say, you're not going to treat me like that. Don't call here again. Oh, you need some help? Well, maybe you better call somebody else today. That's called tough love. That's hard. Brown cow, come on in. Yes, good morning. Thank you very much. Um, when you were talking about parents um, and love, Love is, what love is, is telling the truth. So people may get offended. You, you tell the truth and, oh, they get mad. Oh, don't call me anymore. Don't send me any yep. more emails. That's on them. They have to deal 
with that and, and, and grow and mature. But if we love Christ and Christ loves us, no matter what, no matter what, we have to stand in truth. And I come from a very, very hard situation. No love of mother, no love of father. I've been on my own, I think, since I came out of the womb. Um, but I had to tell them eventually, I had to tell them and let them know what they had done to me and how and how even now my my mother just turned 90 last november and yeah. she's still the same to me evil but i had to let her i finally let her know that behavior is unacceptable i won't accept it i'm telling you what you <laughs> did to me you can deny it all you want i love you and because i love you i'm telling the truth now if you yeah. don't love me and you never have that's on you i do yeah. no harm and I take no revenge, but we have to tell the truth, coach. And even if we have to tell the truth to our parents, because our parents can be wrong, they're human and they're fallible, just like everybody Amen. else. So, so Brown Cows, just like a police officer, I don't always agree with them, but I try to honor them, right? I try to honor them. I don't always agree with my parents. Well, I didn't always agree with them. I always tried to honor them. And you ask yourself this, do your children honor you? And probably not because of situations in the past the way they were handled, right? So uh, it's a difference between love and honoring. I don't know how I got on this subject today. But uh, uh, coach, love is honoring. It I, is I honoring. mean, I mean yeah, and, and see, the thing is, when you tell the truth, the greatest love is telling the truth. I mean, if Jesus... Mm -hmm. It didn't did, didn't do what he did for us and 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 lived a lie because he couldn't. We wouldn't even know what we know. We wouldn't be in the place we are today. So the greatest love and honoring is always telling the truth. We hope, though, we hope that the truth will fall on receptive ears yeah. that also want to learn and grow. Now, your parents or your Amen. son or your daughter may be angry with you. But at least you told the truth. They will have to come to a place of maturity. God will have to do them do that in them so that they can receive that, take that, grow, and continue a relationship or reconcile or try to make something better. We have to do that with even with each other. It, 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 you, we have to tell the truth, even if we hurt, even if it hurts. But because the truth, God's word will cut. You, you say it's a sword. Sure, it's cut. It, it will cut. And you know what? By us getting that cut, we should bleed out that sin. We should, right? And that's why the Bible says, one, two, three, four, five, honor thy father and mother, not love them. It's not the same thing. Honor your father and mother. Honor their position, who they are. They are your parent. Craig, come on in. Coach, not only praying the will over our children, but praying the will over ourselves. You know, oftentimes, Lord, I'm a coach, we, we're, we're outside of God's will. And it might not be we're doing something bad or wrong. If you remember Paul, he wanted to go to a place and the Holy Spirit kept stopping him. You know, he said, no, you're not going to go here. All right. And you're like, but Lord, I'm doing this for you. And it's like, no, you're not. You're doing it for yourself, you know. And even when, you know, Peter, you know, said, Lord, no, you're you're not gonna uh, you're not gonna die. And he said, "Get behind me, Satan." That's right. So we, you know, it's a hard lesson for us to operate under the will of God, and it, it's, it's it is, man. we need we need to really seek the face of God and in everything that we do, and and then God can really come alongside of us and say, "Okay, he's gonna he, he makes the path." He says, "Walk here," and you walk and. All of a sudden, it's successful because it was his will, not yours. Johnny, pull up Deuteronomy 28, if you would, real quickly. Deuteronomy 28. <clears throat> Boy, this has been uh, – this. I, I had none of this planned. It shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do. To observe and to do all his commandments, which I command you this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee. If, there's a word in there, thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Blessed shall you be in the city. Blessed shall you be in the field. 
Blessed shall be the fruit of your body and the fruit of the ground and fruit of the cattle, increase of thy kind and the flocks of thy sheep. Blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. Blessed shall thou be when they come to sin. And blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord shall cause your enemies that rise up against you to be smitten before your face. They shall come in one way and they shall flee seven ways. They won't be able to get away from you fast enough. The Lord shall command the blessing upon you in your storehouses and all that they set us your hand unto. And he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Thou shalt establish thee as a holy people unto himself and as hath sworn unto thee, if thou shalt keep the commandments of thy Lord thy God and walk in the ways. And all people of the earth shall see that thou art called by the name of the Lord and they shall be afraid of you. That's where, that's where. That's what we're supposed to be walking. Now, Deuteronomy 28 gets into the, well, you shall be the head and not the tail. Wait a minute. 12, the Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure, the heaven to give the rain unto thy land in the season, to bless all the work of thine hand. You shall lend unto many nations, shall not borrow. And the Lord said, you're going to be the head, not the tail. You're going to be above, not believe. And if thou hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I command thee this day to observe and to do them, to observe and to do them, shall not go aside from any of the words which I command you this day to the right or to the left to go after other gods that serve them. It shall come to pass that if you will not hearken unto the voice of the Lord, boom, here comes all the curses. It's all about obedience, man. It's, It's all about obedience. It's all about obedience. Man, that's deep, isn't it? Huh? It shall come to pass if you will not hearken unto the Lord. Cursed in the city, cursed in the field, cursed is your basket, cursed the fruit of your body. Boom, I don't want that. Mary Beth, come on. Can't hear you. Sorry, got into a fight with my daughter the other day about honoring me. And I said, you know, Bethany, when I was young, I was 13, I acted like you're acting now. And I didn't honor my, I did not honor my mom. I don't even know why my daughter's mad. And I said, and my mom's dead. Okay. So, you know, like she, she doesn't honor me and it's really, really hard. Anyway, that was about it. (laughs) Amen. There's consequences. Yes. Amen. Randy. So, Coach, is this are this is this blessings part of Deuteronomy twenty eight? He gives the blessings, and then he goes down and says, "If you don't, yep. there's all the curses." So, Coach, who's who is this that's under? Who gets to receive this? Is it is it the Jews? Is it the world? Is it the nations? Or is it God's people, the ones who have accepted Amen. Christ? All of this passed through Christ, Coach. Amen. You, this is all in Christ. You, you. There's no way to receive these blessings outside of Christ. You, this is that's God answered it. Jesus Randy, said, "I fulfilled all." Says, the-, the Lord shall send them. The Lord shall send them. Right. Huh? The Lord's so, going. We can. People can speak all this they want, but unless they're in Christ, unless they have, you know, come into covenant with Jesus Christ, a blood covenant. This is all hopeful. They, they hope this comes, but it's not. This is a promise through a covenant relationship, and it only comes in Christ. And, and look, Coach, I, I love the Ten Commandments, but when you, when you see, understand in Christ, if you love your neighbor as yourself and you love God with all your heart, you're going to actually fulfill all those Ten Commandments. You're going to fill all of them. Because right. the Spirit of God is doing it through you, Coach. It's not even really us to, as much as we understand. It's the so Spirit. Randy, they said to Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? He said, there's only two. Love the Lord, the God, with all your heart, all your soul, and your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And this is all the law and the prophets. But right? the, the covenant, Coach, he says that the, he will, the Spirit of God will write it on your heart. How Amen. much more do you need? That's I mean. Right. <laughs> Amen. 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 Good. Wow. Roger. Oh, I was just going to say in relation to the issue of honor, and and I know that we as parents would like that, but if your child is not born again or is not walking in a walk that is honoring to God, he's not going to understand a conversation about honoring me. I I just don't think he's going to. Um, Any other thoughts? Oh, you're saying if (laughs) he's not going to understand it. It's not going to understand. Well, it's because we haven't taught him at a young age. To well, he, 
Well, it's like going to a city council meeting and trying to bring up scripture to help guide them. If they're not born again, they're going to have no clue to what you're talking about. And when you talk to your child about honoring you, I, you know, it, it, they won't really understand that, that biblical concept at all if they're not walking with it. That's right. Amen. Amen. Bernie. Okay. Hey, Coach. Uh, yeah, you were right talking about the pattern of prayer and the Lord's Prayer. I think it's a great pattern. The first petition is for God's name to be to be hallowed. That means for it to be honored, to pray for it. It would be honored in my family, in my house, in my in my community, in my courthouse, in my schoolhouse, for God's name to be honored. And we, we know that parents are to be honored, but we have to honor God first. I mean, we have to display honor by giving God honor before we, you know, as we tell other people that our kids have to honor us and, and we have to take charge and be honorable. So, yeah. Amen. 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 Yeah. That one. Nancy. Yeah, I think we have an epidemic in this world of children not honoring their parents for right. what they have done for them. Well, it's uh, part of the problem. <laughs> this thing's deep, right? Uh, not fathers all. Uh, not all fathers deserve to be honored. However, the command tells us we have to anyway. That's a tough one, man. A lot of bad daddies out there. A lot of bad daddies. Tim. Yeah, Coach. I, I think we had to disciple our own children. Boy, if we don't teach our kids uh, the word, it's on us. Yep. And uh, two. There is no law anymore for the Christian. Romans chapter 7 says we died to the law. Mm -hmm. And there's no law anymore. And you said it right. There's two commandments for us. And it's fulfilled in loving our neighbor. Amen. Amen. So, yeah, you're right. If you love your neighbor, you're not going to lie about him. You're going to steal from him. You're not going to covet him. It's, it's all right there, right? You're not going to murder him. It's, it's all right there. Amen, Tim. Glenn, come on in. Yeah, when you, when you talk about those precepts in Deuteronomy, uh, if you look at the the prayer uh, prayer of Daniel in Daniel nine, you can apply that to our to our country. Uh, you know, the Christian. You know, uh, you know we are Israel. So so if you look at that, uh, that's a that's Daniel's prayer of repentance. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's just. Um, uh, you know, I think we we have to. I just think we have to. We're at a place where we we need to do that, and then we have the promise in Chronicles. But there's just just not a lot of Christians that are on board with that. Well, <laughs> we're not taught it, man. We're not taught it. We're taught all the other. We're taught all the other stuff, right? That you start people start calling you legalistic. You know, when you start pointing out stuff they shouldn't be doing, oh, you're legalistic. There's freedom in Christ. Well, there is. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and your mind, and your neighbors yourself. And you don't have to be legalistic. That's my take. Paul Goslin. It's kind of complicated, don't you think, Coach? I mean, I'll just give you an instance. I have a, a man in my office who wants to have a, a child with his wife who is the breadwinner. And he won't do it because she wants to transgender whatever child she gets. This is the craziness that we live in the world now, Coach. So we have to honor our children as well. And Amen. It's like the betrayal just never ends, Coach. It never ends. Never ends. No. Uh, we can wander a long way off. Clay, come on in. The best thing that helped me in getting along with my father and mother is to remember that, uh, that God is ultimately my heavenly father and that my earthly father and mother are supposed to be my, uh, my brother and sister in Christ. Yeah, that's right. And once I recognize that they are fallen people that make mistakes just like I do and that I'm supposed to love them and try to lead them closer to Christ best I can. But my heavenly father is ultimately my father. That's what helped me in my relationship with my parents. Amen. Amen. Galatians about done foolish. John, look it up. Foolish and unlearned questions. I think it's Galatians. Just Google that. Foolish and unlearned questions. Avoid. Foolish and unlearned questions. <clears throat> Is it going to pop up there? Uh, 2 Timothy 2, 23. That would be it. 
But foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing that they do gender strifes. Folks, there's certain subjects that you're just going to have to lay on the table and not bring up. The questions aren't foolish necessarily, but knowing that the question is going to lead to strife makes it a foolish question. Quit arguing over minors. Stop it. And if you stop arguing over the minors, then you give the majors a chance to fall in line. Wow. A lot to chew on today. God bless you. Appreciate you. See you tomorrow.